0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Brown, cutting across, playing it into the middle, looking for Cole back, brings it down in front of Anita, and then plays it through here to Johnson on the right side of the penalty area calling for it is Bardsley Bartley, oh, goes oh that's a, the penalty. Penalty. a penalty that's a penalty Bartley went oh, down it's a penalty and Phil down had no he had hesitation no. in pointing to the spot Berini's won it Altidore wa- wanted to take it Bardsley ran into the box was pushed down come on Fabio Fabio Berini then with this penalty for Sunderland strides up here and yes! Berini yes! again and Sunderland's angel Fabio Barini has fired Sunderland into a goal lead in the 20th minute. Barini slips it through the legs of Sissoko. Nice touch from Altidore to Colback. Backing away is Taylor. Colback into the area. Adoption. Get it! Johnson! 2-0! It's 2-0. And Johnson has doubled the lead. Unbelievable unbelievable through to ben arthur foul was he by no says the referee by colback and he's got the ball to Well, going, well come going. on come on barini oh a little trip by tiote yes it's oh, three down three jack colback that's what he deserved Kohlbeck. i tell you what and jack colback is second of the season he scored it. cardiff has wrapped the game up great newcastle nil sunderland oh. three
2: No uplifting songs this time around for us here, though obviously we thank the BBC for that footage of our friend Nick Barnes trying to get a word in over the screaming Gary Bennett in the background. We've got another former black cat here in the studio with us today, that's Martin Smith. On a scale of 1 to Alan Brazil, Martin, how drunk were you on Saturday night? <laughs> I was walking like a buckled whale by about <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon yeah. <laughs> Well it put me at ease when, when we had a conversation earlier in the week And I, I thought you were going to tell me loads of embarrassing things I'd said But you couldn't remember So that, that none of us could remember We spent about an hour and a half together and none of us could remember a conversation I think it was just a lot of hugging, high-fiving yeah. <laughs> and generally just being happy <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's the best way it could have went uh, Chris Thompson from A Love Supreme is also here Are you way happy as well Chris? Yes, yes.
3: Um, Well, obviously, I mean, what bigger occasion is there than beating your local rivals 3 0? Um,
2: Win the League Cup final against Man City, perhaps. (laughs) It's debatable, really, (laughs) isn't it? It's debatable. (laughs) Lots of smiles in the studio. This is what it's like to support somebody good, surely. Uh, Gareth, I think the most satisfying thing for me was this was like a routine win for us. You know, there was no derby anxiety, there was no, you know, we weren't sort of, there wasn't heart in the mouth moments. Um, when, when Newcastle had the ball we our players and fans weren't sort of um, when we suddenly were missing chances you know, it wasn't coming across like it was the end of the world, where in previous derbies we've almost played them like cup finals that was satisfying for me, do you know what I mean?
4: Yeah, it was surprisingly easy, I thought like, um, yeah, it was just we were just comfortable settled it down straight away we were talking about if we could just get it settled down and sort of play out from the bat like we normally do get the full backs forward all that sort of stuff and they just they just did it I mean, Bridcut you know, just come in and just sit there and do that as easy as you like, is ridiculously impressive really in that atmosphere
2: A bit of so. the game in a way, didn't it? We'll get on to Liam Bridcut in a moment, Martin, It's a bit cliched but was it just a simple fact that they, they played the game rather than the occasion? Um, possibly
5: I think we just had more players in the team who Say wanted it a bit more as well, you know. People who'd been there, you had the Wes Browns, John O'Shea's, Bardsley's, who who'd been involved in massive games like that before, and it 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 makes a difference. And I think on the back of the three 0 win the year before, I think they went in under a lot more pressure. And uh, it's like the, it's the mental
2: block shifted from us to them now, isn't it? It seems we, to be we, that way. We yeah. were in like this for years, weren't we?
5: Yeah, you you were going there fearing the worst, but as you say, it was just it was a routine victory you were never sorted it on the edge of your mm. seat you thought 2-0 if there's going to be another goal that mm. will come our way and how many times have you mm-hmm. sat against Newcastle there was, there was and, no and failing,
2: There was no feelings like 2-0 oh, no. is a dangerous <coughs> lead or anything like that I think it? at
4: half time you, you're sitting there going well Newcastle they're going to come at you first 10 minutes of the second half you're going to be under the cosh if we can get through that like against Fulham when we were 2-0 up half time conceded and put ourselves under pressure you're kind of thinking well to be fair Newcastle have got quality players in there who sh- you know, shouldn't it, can influence a game when they're, when they're playing well and it just didn't happen,
5: did it? No, they just weren't allowed to play well yeah. either. You know, I think we just yeah. the performance was absolutely fantastic. We really sit and analyse it to go into a derby game like that, and the position we were in the league. It was it was a, a magnificent performance.
2: Christie's sense that almost Pardew tried to sort of replicate the tactics that Poyet had, had in the home win because Poyet tried to play that game like a derby, four four two, get the ball up to Alador quite quickly. That game, didn't we now? Newcastle kind of tried that tactic but they overrun in midfield and it was nice especially for us here on this podcast like everybody knows how obsessed we are with a three-man midfield it was nice for us to overrun a team rather than being the other way around It was, I mean you could look at it that way
3: but I think Pardy was completely out of his comfort zone other weekends and um, I mean if you believe the rumours in Newcabae was going for a long time I think everyone kind of accepted that but I just think he looked at that team that he had available he had some key players out you know um, and he I think you're probably right he, he might have just replicated the way Poyer played he, he probably tried to try to, try to, gauge how Poyer was going to line the team up I think he was probably he was a bit startled by bringing Liam Bridcut in I think he would have preferred Cattenham all to be in there Because obviously he's a bit more reckless And a, a bit less disciplined by the by the display that Bridcut put in But um, I mean obviously he got it wrong he let three goals in They couldn't penetrate our defence Which I thought were magnificent the way they were organised And um, you know it could cost them
2: We, we mentioned Liam Bridcutt there Gareth outstanding mm-hmm. we learned a lot about him didn't we in the midfielders in one game he does a lot more than just screen the back four doesn't he, He's, he, he, he may, uh, I've got a quote here um, from uh, Omead Jabsco who comes on and speaks <laughs> to us and this is what he said about Bridcut before he signed Bridcut was more than the water carrier his position on the field often housed he was an angle changing pass spreading tempo maintaining machine that's a good summation isn't mm-hmm.
4: it well I thought didn't we re- I wouldn't say like I noticed him a lot, and that's a good thing for that sort of player. I wouldn't say like what I did notice early on was that he was asking for the ball, he was telling people, instructing know, people, instructing yeah. people the shape, keeping the shape, keeping the ball moving. That's good, good level of confidence in somebody. We did touch on it with would Poyet chuck him straight in because he knows him better than anyone. And I told you he and would struggle, he did. didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <Do you wanna, laughs> I've not. That I'll one, not uh, uh, <laughs> i not. You said you were drunk. I on didn't Saturday. say he would struggle no, no.
2: anywhere. I just played Devil's Advocate and said, "Do you think it's a good game to throw <laughs> a debut?" He <laughs> said, said
4: you were drunk on Saturday night. I <laughs> don't suppose you remember the text that like you sent us of what you said about Liam Bridcutt.
2: Um, no. <laughs> I'll Being show done. you later. Okay, right. We'll move on from that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think mentioning Lee Carballema and the difference is. You know, with all due respect, like Catamol and we, we've been big advocates for his ability on here, you know, we think he's a much better player than people give him credit mm. for, but when he plays in that sitting sitting midfield role, he pretty much screens a back four, and that's it he can't control a game on struck people like Bridcut.
5: yeah, yeah he, he has his own strengths catamol mm. um and possibly if if you're playing a two sitting men, they'd be ideal together, but as you say Bridcut just offers that little bit more, and you think he's got more improvement to come in his game. Um, but I wouldn't trying. our man plays Lake Catamore State as well mm-hmm. you know I think oh, he's somebody yeah. you, you want in the club definitely in your um, squad yeah mm-hmm. without a doubt he's the sort of person you want round the squad and the squad seems a happy squad and it, he's part of that so but going back to Court exactly what gather said he like it, it was one of them you forgot he was there you didn't notice him and for a debut and it in a big game like that 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 is massive Mm -hmm. you know he just did the easy things really well
2: he he was a platform then for callback and Key wasn't he but particularly Mm. particularly callback Gareth because one thing we've always said about Sunland players they don't move the ball quickly enough for the midfielders now I thought because of the way Key now and Bridcut sort of dictate the tempo a little bit more does that give Jack Callback a platform to sort of get out of his comfort zone because you've got to remember as recently as the Stoke game which was the game before Newcastle Jack Colback was being made a scapegoat by a lot of people for not having that thrust in the final third. Now we brought that to his game. Is that influenced by by Lane do you think? I, I don't I don't think it. I think there's a connection there. A I don't think connection.
4: um I'm just on the subject of Colback being made a, a scapegoat for not having any cutting edge or whatever. I, I don't think that's entirely fair. I think, you know, if we've said before about Jack Colback if he he has got quality but he doesn't. He, it he doesn't. He, he doesn't. It, doesn't he? he turns passes I, down and I stuff like that. I think at times
5: that. he's he's probably been under managers who've said no, Jack, don't do that. And it, it does. It takes time to change a game to be to become more fluent and become more natural. You know. So maybe this is the start of Pauli's influence kicking in with callback as he's pushed forward. Do, do you think?
2: Forward? No, Martin, with the, with the midfielders we have now, Key and Brid, could sort of move in the ball faster. It gives Jack less time to sort of think, overthink things. And play instinctively more. Do you think uh, you see where I'm coming from?
5: Possibly, possibly. But, I mean,
4: against Stoke, you did have a lot of time on the ball. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and
2: If yeah. If you, if you mm-hmm. have Bridget cut behind the man key who would dictating the, the pace of the player and the moving the ball quickly, all of a sudden he hasn't got time to sort of overthink things and think, right, I'm going to turn back and start again. Yeah, he didn't have a choice but to drive on in a way. Yeah,
5: no, he did. He did that well. But going back, to State was a different sort of game where Stoke got men behind the ball, where Newcastle it was a bit more of an open game, so he had that space to sort of. To drive into, so hopefully he does carry a forward into into the games coming up. But uh, as I say, that the games can be set up different. It might have just suited him on the day, wide open spaces, and we're winning.
4: And you, yeah, you you know, you got to give him credit for, you know, you know, it's not only what you do with the ball, it's without it. And his two the two goals came from his running. He ran off the, you know, ran off. Barini got ahead of the ball, and he did the same against uh, for the flick off out the door, which was pretty, pretty special which is what him, which yeah. is
2: what he's held back in mm. recent years. Oh yeah, but
4: I'm just saying, you know, it's <coughs> <coughs> he needs me. he uh, yeah. needs a
2: platform to do it, doesn't he? <coughs> yeah, you okay Sorry, there? I, yeah, <laughs>
4: I'm just, uh, I'm still suffering from last week.
2: <laughs> Somebody else, Chris, I thought who benefited benefited from callback and key sort of playing higher up, if you like, being more positive was Josie door Best performance for us yet?
3: Oh, without a doubt, absolutely without a doubt, and you could see by the reaction on Twitter and the likes. That he'd won a lot of people over. I mean, I think obviously people were too critical of him to start off with. It's you know it's very easy to criticise a striker when he's not scoring, but he he has had some horrendous games when he's been completely anonymous. But I've always felt like he's he's got something to his game and he offers something. And his physical presence against Newcastle was was unbelievable. And you know the Newcastle defence are not are not small lads. You know, I mean, I hear Taylor. <laughs> Well, he's, a <laughs> <laughs> he's a, decent. Just say it how it is.
2: Cause say what you feel, Chris. Don't, well, don't hold know. Back. I'm sure he's lovely, really. I've heard he isn't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a picture of him floating about, when parking in disabled parking space. But, you know, oh, we'll leave we'll that him, out there. Send him straight to jail, <laughs> yeah. but Gareth, but allegedly, we,
2: we, we always thought you know he, he was a decent touch player. That he had the flicks and the passes mm. when players got close to him. We've been saying for a while it's not good. He's, he, he isn't particularly good at holding the ball up. You know when you go more direct. Mm. We saw it against Carlisle you know, with respect they're not the greatest side um, but against Fulham as well and then he's a little flick for callback when, so it's going to benefit him isn't it if people are getting close to him we're seeing little little signs aren't yeah. we
4: <clears throat> you, w- w- with regards to the physical thing as well I mean I, I know Poyot after the Kidderminster game which in which Aldo was p- particularly bad um, came out and made some comments about he said he was going to work with him um, and then he saw an instant Sort of changing his approach to the game against Stoke when he was he was getting in front of people and you know it's tough against the centre backs against Stoke you know the big lads and the very physical and he he did that well and then he took you know it's then it's can he take it into the weekend and you know boy did he take it in the weekend I mean he had all the touches that he's got the quality there but you know he was chasing down loose balls you know nicking them around and getting in behind and causing problems you know just being a, he was being a menace. um and I think the now that Johnson's in form and Barini, I mean, it, we had conversations about Barini saying like, well, would you send him back? Because you can't really see, you know, you can't really see how he's gonna work in the second half of the season, maybe. But since that Chelsea quarterfinal. I think he's just he's been absolutely fantastic and proof of run of games at times But he's you know, he's me. he's learnt that position from that, that left side. I know he wants to play through the middle, but he's his movement, you know, he, when he gets the ball, he's like right and turns and face goal straight away and he's direct and Johnson's the same and the three of them it's like the, th- the midfield three, as important as they are working together, you look at that front three which they essentially are and yeah. their it's work does they're they're working together as <coughs> It's uh, you know I think that was a real you know sign of promise and you know Scott Rose come in and it looks like Fletcher's going to be out for a while, um, but you know Scott Rose going to there's be no fine. need to rush him in yeah. now, is there? You don't Wick- fail. Wickham's come back and he's going to be wanting to you know wanting to put pressure on. <sighs> Hopefully, um, <laughs> yes, well we've questioned we have oh, once we have questioned his effort, but we definitely maybe his, de- his desire to be a footballer at times and you know Scott Rose going to be wanting to impress so that front three. Looks as strong as the midfield three now. So yeah. Yeah. the
2: final final thing on dog I want to know what Martin thinks because prior to the Newcastle game at home, you were saying you weren't too impressed, Martin, mm. and if anything, he was playing better than <laughs> than he is now. <laughs> but is is there something changed the last two games for you? What was it about him? Just his 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 inability to hold to the ball, perhaps things like that. Your I just old, never old thought British centre forward. i just of never
5: play. thought he looks like scoring, but and I still don't. I get. I think he had a great game Saturday, and if if he puts that in and he's not scoring <clears throat> and you've got other people chipping in you take that but I still don't think he's got 10-15 goals in him I've got to be honest mm-hmm. um, maybe he gets one or two and his confidence might come back um, but it, but if he's up there winning free kicks holding people off and bringing other people in the game I've played with centre forwards like that and it's brilliant You know, you, you're not bothered if they're not scoring um, the fans might be, but as a mm-hmm. as a player, well, players like Kevin Davies made a career. Yeah, well, I played with Andy Booth. Andy Booth, he was mm-hmm. he was the best at it. He'd win you free kicks, he'd get you out, and he you'd score goals off him, and you didn't mind that he wasn't scoring. Um, and out the door could be the same. I don't think he's going to get you a bag full of goals. And I think at home as well, when teams do sit in, going back to Stoke, the Kidderminster game, when he sorta of on the edge of the box, mm-hmm. and there's, there's so many crowded of people around him, I don't think that suits him. I think again Saturday suited him we were getting the ball forward into his feet and there was, it. There was space for people to run off quick
2: passing isn't it yeah. people are almost misled by his size thinking he's going to be this yeah. big strapping target man and he isn't is he, no. he no. So I think, think, I think something
4: you work on definitely is positions he takes up in the box when the ball's in good areas as a striker if you want yeah, to get in
5: times I've watched him while you th- stand out there yeah. get, 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 in, get in the box and you're the, you're yeah. the main centre forward yeah. you know and that's that that, sort that's sort of an a instinct. Thing, yeah, it it? Could, well, sometimes, yes strikers don't run the box because they don't want the chance, because they've missed a few, and it, it is, that's a fact. Yeah, I was going to say you now? P- positions in the
3: box, I don't think I've ever seen him in the box. Like, he just, yeah. he doesn't like being in the box, does he? No.
5: <laughs> well, you say if he gets a goal, that could change. It might no. just be staying out of the way, Absolutely, staying yeah. out the firing line.
4: That's when you look at the start of that in the cup run, you know, and against MK Dons, he was, you know, he's scored and he was, you know, he hit the post, and I know it's a weaker opposition, but there's, you know, the to take that shot on that he hit the inside of the post and stuff and now like, you come get to the final and he's kind of almost in that semi-final around then he was, he'd become a bit of a laughing stock mm. so I don't know just how quickly things can change but he can turn it. you know I was doubting if whether he could turn it around but do maybe you think, Do you can. think it is Poyet working with him or well, he, well I don't think it's a coincidence that Poyet said he's going to work with him and then there's it's an instant a quick turn around if it is Well you don't know like sometimes you, you know we've talked about Aldo before and there was comments about maybe he wasn't the brightest fo- from a football perspective mm. um, there's previous coaches have said that maybe he's just taken two or three things and said if you do this and you do this and you do this then just you'll be simplified it better. for him
3: yeah. I think it could be just like a cultural thing with Aldo I mean he's in, in this, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, it's, in, a in <laughs> it's a language barrier it's <laughs> a language barrier I mean in this country like you're forced to play football from an early age, whether it's in the schoolyard, PE in secondary school. You know, if you want to socialise with your mates, have a game of football. I In America, you're not going to have that. are you? there's very, f- there's very few like s- soccer games on the. Yeah. Uh, so that was terrible. Such <laughs> a terrible <laughs> <accident>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. it was like Irish or language bio, yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, y- you n- everything in America, it's all tactical, isn't it? It's not, it's not something that you learn, pick, you pick up on the mm. streets. That's I just think as a uh,
2: British centre forward is different it's, it's, it's different in England and, and in Britain the way you like Martin Martin obviously played up front for sun and then you learn to hold the ball up first and foremost, don't you, and be strong. Gugaball, yeah, yeah, and that's it's just like Chris says, I think it's a different culture probably over there and it's a, certainly in Holland you can get away with that, can't you? I just think
4: maybe we're over analysing him slightly and it's all it's a, just a con I just think it's confidence. I just think he's you know, you mm. got. You know, he scored a hat trick against.
5: The I know. I've seen the goals, and you're thinking <laughs> free kicks. Why it's has he uh, never took a free
4: kick for us? You he scores free I kicks. He scores free kicks. I wouldn't take Johnson off free riddle. kicks to be fair. Well, uh, you, yeah, at got, the moment, yeah, I'll but you've got to say You know that. It's. I mean, they were, it Was it was Serbia, wasn't it? He yeah. scored the hat trick against. Them. They're not a bad team. I know. Like if England were drawn against Serbia and had to go away to Serbia in a qualifier you'd be going all oh, point, and you know they went there and they beat them four and he scored a hat-trick so you know <laughs> I mean it's no, that's no mean feat so he's obviously got something about him I think it's a bit unfair the whole levelling the the goals in Holland thing and that. I just think people can pick and choose and if, if somebody's in bad form whatever it's all oh, there's, there's players come over from Holland and done badly it's like well there's plenty of players who probably come over from Holland and done quite well who scored goals out there so look at it um, Suarez, Suarez. the obvious one, isn't he? I mean, Suarez is an exceptional mm, circumstance, just He's a bit, a yeah. Talent, but I th- you know, I, I think sometimes maybe it is overanalyzed. Just mm. it's a conf- confidence, like we we're saying, doesn't get in good positions in the box. Why is that? Because he, he set himself freezing up. I'm freezing up in goal and going, letting the team down. He does seem to take a lot on his shoulders I think when you watch him like He does,
3: yeah And his and he's post-match course against heart, Newcastle yeah, yeah. It w- Really, really self-critical I mean, he's obviously got some sort of like, self-esteem issue with, with the fans getting on his back And without sounding like really cheesy We just really need to, need to get behind right. him you Because know, he, he's not going to not score forever He's got to score a goal eventually People,
2: and people direct, um, send him direct messages on Twitter Abusing him, shame on you that's If terrible. that's any of you out there Finally, before we move <laughs> on to the whole game <laughs> 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 <Get> <laughs> <the> <laughs> you mentioned coo- we've mentioned a couple of new signings already. Uh, obviously, Bridcut, Scott go. We can't really finish on the Newcastle sort of analysis without giving Alonso mention because it was another great performance. And you mentioned Bridcut there, Martin. Alonso, somebody else who's just come in and just slotted straight and looked at home from day one, hasn't
5: he? Yeah, he's been brilliant. He hasn't had a bad game since he's been here. Um, just possi- like the modern day fullback, just looks good going forward, but he, he can defend as well. And he's just added a, a dimension which we've been missing down that left side. Way we had Danny last year, but especially this season, it just especially gives a Especially when fullbacks
2: backs are important with the way Gus Poyet Yeah, up.
5: exactly. Well, they push high on, so they've got to be good at comf- good and comfortable on the ball and uh, and positive in attacking situations, and that's what he's been. You know, he's been. Uh, they've revelation. all
2: been Gus Poyet's. They've been seamless so far, mm. haven't they? I know it's only one game for Bridcut, and it's only a handful for Alonso, but you know, there's been <laughs> they haven't need time to adjust or anything of they I mean.
4: Yeah, I mean Alonso. I know the played in England. Obviously. But Alonso's got that benefit as well that he he fits he fits into that system. He does exactly what Poyet wants him to do. He's a good player, definitely a good player. But it's a I think with Poyet's teams you sort to see it's definitely the you know the sum are greater than the individual. So like it's it's definitely one of those things where I mean the back four at the moment, like I mean Brown and O'Shea like revitalised mm. together. I mean, Bardsley, <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, there's not many. There's not many better right backs in the Premier League than moment yeah, than Phil Bardsley. Yeah. I mean I mean, and people talk about old John Terry coming back. Get Wes Brown on the plane. See, <laughs> I mean, he's been that good. Yeah, like, yeah. he's been that good. Um, the, the only th- issue is fitness, and he's fit. Mm. So, yeah. what's the problem? Get him in there. Definitely, I think you know the, the, they've got to take the back. Fo- well, the back five. I mean, Manone as well. A bit of a maligned yeah. signing. Mm. S- One year left in kind his of contract. Another so game. You go hopefully. back to that M. G. Don's game where he looked the pup. Yeah. didn't he he was terrible. And then since then, come in, and, I mean, he's a cup a hero. One of games again,
2: like like um, but, he came,
4: but when he came back again, he came in against Hull, didn't he? And he was solid straight away. He had a good game, and since then he's just gone on, and you know, from
2: strength to strength. But you
4: look, but you're starting to see it now. That middle three look solid. The front three look solid and there was a lot of debate is it callback or Larson you're kind of thinking now it's callback mm-hmm. and then the back five just pick themselves every week and you're starting to worry if one of them's not fit because yeah. they've been so good
5: I think it shows his signings as well he knows the way he wants to play and he's targeting specific players where I think before certain managers have thought oh he's available we'll have him we'll fit him in yeah. somewhere I mean to Cien has he nowhere he's he seen has he no nah, he seems to know the sort of play he wants for the, the system and the sort of football he wants to play
2: Right, hopefully we're going to speak to Matt next from Amber Nectar and we'll get on to the whole game. OK, we now have Matt Rudd from the Amber Nectar on the line. Um, Matt, to start with you straight away before we I'll speak to the chaps here in the studio about the game... Our good old friend Steve Bruce returns this week. Um, Has he smack bang in the middle of the honeymoon period with Steve there?
6: Um, I don't think he's in the middle of it, because he's been around for for quite a while now at at, um, the KC. He's a season and a half into his his time um, with the club, and uh, whatever he achieves this season, um, just taking us up from the Championship in his very first season in charge, is is going to be quite hard to be because ultimately, you guys know, and certainly we know, at Hull City with our sort of less glamorous past, that once you're in the Premier League, it's kind of a, a job just to stay in it, and whatever you do after that is uh, going to be slightly uh, freakish or or just act as a bonus. So you know, and we look at the t- bottom half of the table and this ludicrous, sm- ludicrously small point gap between like ten teams. Um, you know, Steve Bruce, fortunately, although we've had a bad run recently, has kept us near the top of that, so I think the honeymoon period is over, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad period, it's the Premier League, we are the unglamorous club of the Premier League, so he's doing, ultimately, the the, the limit of
2: what a good manager can do. Mm, I don't think you've been a bit harsh yourself. I'd nudge you ahead of Crystal Palace, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it, it's interesting you mention that. I mean, Steve Bruce had a notorious second half season slumps here at Sunderland, where mm. after Christmas we'd hardly win any games. Is is that what we're witnessing now? Are you worried about that? Because I mean, uh, we've been saying on this podcast, you know, talking about relegation rivals week after week, and I've always said I thought Hull oh, were fine. They seem mm. to be fine and aware, and then suddenly, you know, I mean, do we go above you if we win on Saturday? Um,
6: possibly, yeah. I mean, I've not looked at the table. Um, I, it's it's a tough one to call because you got to remember when. Um, you may well remember this, but in two thousand and eight nine, which was our first ever season in the Premier League, when. Um, when you had Roy Keane and then, initially, and then after that, Ricky Sprague, you're looking after your team. We had this phenomenal start to Premier League yeah, life, man. and it assumed to come November and December, we'd be fine, because we'd beaten Arsenal away, we'd beaten Tottenham away, we'd drawn at Liverpool after going 2-0 up, we'd taken Manchester United to uh, 4-3 at Old Trafford, eventually uh, lost the game, and, and won a, a good sort of 3 or 4 at home as well. I one assumed we'd be fine. And then we won one game for the rest of the season, between December and May... And stayed upon the last day, and only because of um, Newcastle, down Newcastle United, <laughs> Newcastle United utter incompetence, um, as opposed to our utter incompetence, because we were, those two clubs were as incompetent as each other by the end. Um, so you know we, we're conscious that it could be happening again, but at the same time we're in a better financial position with that at the moment. That um, the the. the the, um, the, the position that we're in is a little bit more relaxed. We're a bit more experienced. We've got an experienced Premier League manager for a start. We've got a better squad. We've got a tighter squad. We've got decent players. And by that, I mean not just good footballers, but decent men in our team. There's, there's a distinct lack of ego with the whole City squad, which certainly wasn't the case when we very nearly went down five years ago and then did go down the following season. Anyway, so, you know, it, it's kind of um, a, a situation whereby the... the Although the football obviously comes first, at the same time there's an element of um, a secondary priority because the club's in good nick for once. Um, and having but having said that, you know we do want to start winning games again. We are fortunate if we assume that games can be played on paper. That the hardest games have gone. We've been to Chelsea, we've been to Arsenal, we've been to Tottenham, we've been to Manchester City, and we've played Chelsea and Tottenham at home now. We've also played Manchester United at home. We've been to Everton. You know, if you look at that current sort of top six or seven, uh, Manchester United away and then Everton at home, which is our
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.
6: Day of the season. Those are the two toughest games on paper that we have left. Everybody else is what you might put into that huge bracket of anybody can beat anybody else, and uh, that's the way we've got to look at it. And, you know, let's like, be honest, we're starting with um, a trip to the stadium of light this weekend.
2: I'd like to know who the bloke on the right wing for Hullies and what he's done with Ahmed El-Mohammadi because that's <laughs> not the player we saw here mate I always
4: liked Elmo so. no no no. <laughs>
2: come on he never beat the first man ever and he used to turn around and go up to the full back all the you know, time the most crosses he in the uh, Premier
4: League or okay. something
6: when? he's a superstar <laughs> is Elmo he's having, he, he has bad games where either he doesn't beat a man or he relies too much on if we're playing a four-four-two, 2 and therefore he's playing as a wide midfielder as opposed to a wing back he relies too much on Liam Rossini playing behind him to overlap but in the right situation, which is 90% of the time with Elmo, he has destroyed every left-back he's come up again. He's been utterly superb. He doesn't so much beat full-backs as ignore them um, <laughs> before, before crossing the ball on his best days. He did that, um, I can't remember the guy's name now, but he did that against Stoke this season. It was an absolute joy to watch. It was worth the entrance money alone. Um, and in the Championship, obviously, uh, as you would expect, he, he was... A, a different level to a, a, heck, of a lot, heck of a lot of the defenders that he came up against um, he has his he has his moments where he doesn't look particularly bothered but they are few and far between he also is capable of being marked out of the game by a very very good defender um, and there are times when with wing back where because of the strength of the opposition he's doing far more back than he is wing and as a consequence, he's not really getting into the opposition half of the field and causing as much damage as we would like him to, and certainly that Steve Bruce would like him to. But he's, been, he, he's, a, he's a fine footballer. We really like him.
2: Okay, so you so know, you've got sorry. Josie
6: Altidore, so we'll, we'll stick yeah. it up. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know see. that Altidore's going to score the winner, right? Uh-huh.
6: <laughs> yeah, you're, not, you're not the only one who said that this week. Yeah. Listen, Josie Altidore's record for Sunderland is currently identical to how it finished at Altidore. Yeah. <laughs> he scored one league goal and one cup goal, and that's it. That's all he got for us. I actually quite liked him. He was, a bit of a, he was a busy player, he, you, you know, he, he, had, he played with a smile on his face, but I think he had an element of devilment to him, and of course Sunderland fans will remember him from when he got sent off mm. at the against KC, KC Sunderland, for doing public, uh, deser, uh, doing the public a, a service, I think, and football a service, by headbutting Alan Hunt, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, that was, um, you, know, you know, in some cases a Victoria Cross for things like that, not a red card, um, but, uh, yeah, he... he he wasn't a great he wasn't a great player for us but he was a he was he was a trier and believe me Hull City with our wretched history we've um, we've come to rely on um limited Lodders. triers
2: <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know, uh, come to Martin Smithy about Elmo before we leave that morning yeah, I mean you played on the wing in the Premier League you played on the wing for England under 21s what, what's your opinion of Elmohammedi when he was here
5: when he was here I think he he wasn't great let's be honest but I think the thing that's probably helped him is going down to the championship for a year give him a chance to bet in and now he's come up to the Premier League and you see, you see highlights of a match of the day and this guy's bought and he, he does look a different player and just
2: took that confidence with him yeah I mean Bruce,
5: Bruce he signed him here so he obviously saw something in him and the the fact that he's took him to Hulls obviously gave Elmo the confidence and he's, uh, he seems to be doing well
4: he picked him every week as well Bruce at mm. Sunderland he, he was pretty much in every game but I think it was but you're saying about tries and stuff like that. I think something with Mohamed Hamadi that you, know, you could never let him on, level at him when he was at Sunderland is that he didn't put a shift in because he always, when he played, he always, uh, you know, worked hard and gave his best. So I think
6: he just seems to have reacted well to the move and to the new surroundings. He's Egyptian. We've got Egyptian owners, who obviously we've got other issues with at the moment, but <laughs> we've got Egyptian owners. There was another couple of Egyptians brought into the squad last season. So I think they all get and
2: together party. and go for meals and stuff? <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think just having his country, uh, you know, a couple of countrymen around him just yeah, probably, yeah. probably course, does help yeah. in that situation. You know, Ultimately, these guys have, have, have travelled halfway around the world to pursue their livelihoods. And, you know, if, you, if you've got a couple of countrymen, irrespective of what that country is, if you've got a couple of countrymen who can just help on the, the harder days when they might be a bit homesick, there might be issues at home, you don't know. And I think that might... I don't know whether you had any other the Egyptians at the time that Al-Mohammadi was playing for Sunderland, well, but yeah, certainly I having a couple so. of others around when he came to us, as well as Egyptian owners, has probably helped his um, helped, helped, him, helped his progress um, as a Hull City player. And as I said, he's um, he's a very popular player with the supporters. He seems to be a good lad as well. Incidentally, he seems to be um, a bit of a character, but at the same time, you know, knows what's right and wrong. And I like that about him. Mm-hmm.
2: No, I think you're absolutely right, Matt. Of course. Um, now, how have Huddleston and Livermore run the ran games for Hull this season? Is, is is David Myler How much does he play? Because I, if I'm not mistaken, you you you're playing four four two.
6: Well, only last week because Livermore was ineligible because we were playing Tottenham and he's a Tottenham player. And um, against Crystal Palace, he, um, he uh, Bruce played the three-five-two system yeah. with Rossini as a wing back. Bruce likes three-five-two. He likes yeah, it because user, we've got it? we've got a lot of good centre backs at the moment, and um, so you know, utilising three of them rather than two of them make, makes sense when they're all in form and all of of a, of a good um, a good standard. Um, Miler sometimes. This sounds like this sounds slightly cruel, but Myler is one of those players who plays well when you don't notice, um, and it it works particularly in the three-five-two when when Huddleston is putting his foot on the ball and dictating the game, dictating the direction of the ball, and Livermore is the runner that supports the um the, the, the striker or strikers and, and and moves out into the wide positions to be the the outlet for for the overlappers. Myler's the one who fits, and he's good at that. Um, he's been he's had up and ups and downs since he joined us. He had a couple of uh, sort of down periods towards the end of last season when we very nearly threw promotion away. Um, but you know he's he's done a pretty sound job. He's had a couple of good games actually. He played well against Tottenham last week, and he had more to do against Tottenham because we were a midfielder light. We changed the four four two because of Livermore's ineligibility. But Myler had more to do, and he he reacted well. He's never going to be noticed when he's got Huddleston and Livermore um, next to him, other than by people who know in advance who he is and what he does um, and again he's another one who obviously Steve Bruce has a lot of time for and knew about and was quite happy to bring in on a permanent deal as soon as he could
4: okay.
2: but
6: one of these three centre backs that we've got of course, or one of these many centre backs of, court, of course is um, the great, the blessed Paul McShane
2: <laughs> yeah
6: there's another story entirely. I say about him the better I think
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, Come to Chris Thompson and Chris We this midfield battle is going to be interesting tomorrow isn't it Huddleston, Livermore and Myler um, Gareth alluded, um, alluded to the fact there that generally callback and Larson have been the two who change generally callback for away games Larson for home games would be surprised to see that again, though. No, this game, wouldn't we? You think he's going to stick with the same thread he has to, doesn't he? You can't leave
3: callback out for this game. He was outstanding against Newcastle. And I mean, the thing with Poyet so far, he's got he's got all the workings to be a top manager in the future. But have we seen a great performance at home yet? I'm not so sure.
4: Fa- mm. Not a, you know, we've well, played more in much. the cups. Maybe we've mm. played we've played better I think we have mm-hmm. struggled to, to break teams that's down that's the thing time, it's breaking teams down but being inter- I mean that's actually you know with Hull is you know since obviously they brought in Jelovic and Long are you are you going to are you going to a more orthodox 4-4-2 now are you still playing the 3-5-2 three, three,
6: depends on the availability of Livermore I mean we went to 4-4-2 against Tottenham because Livermore couldn't play um, and Bruce is although Bruce spent all of last season in the championship with a 3-5-2 once Paul McShane came into his form, and I'm not joking here. Once Paul McShane came into his form, it was an obvious change to make, and he stuck with it for the rest of the season. And even though he stuttered a bit at the end, it worked. I think he's been a little bit more cautious because it's a different animal entirely as the Premier League. But eventually, he realised that the three-five-two system was the way forward <laughs> as well. Just because I think a lot of the clubs don't use it, and they're not necessarily used to playing against it, um, and I, that, that's 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 worked. That's worked very well. Um, either way, whether it's three five two or four four two, and I suspect that at the Stadium Light like it, it'll be back to um to three five two again just because of Livermore's availability. Um it'll be Yelovich and Long. There will be two up front. We've we've occasionally played uh three five one one.
5: That
6: again, that depends on the availability of centre forwards or indeed or not just the availability, but just ability of centre forwards because our goal scoring record wasn't great, um and that's why yellowvitch and and Long uh, we' brought in. We also lost Sonia Luko for a good chunk of this season. He's now back in the reserves, and hopefully he'll be fit in the next week, two weeks or so. He scored that amazing volleyed winner at, at Newcastle, and um, he's our easily our most gifted player uh, next to Huddleston. But we've, we've really missed him, and that's where the, the issue with goals uh, or lack of them has come from. But I'm pretty certain that Yelovich and Long will start two up front. Uh, probably with five behind them. Mailer shoring up ahead, uh, behind um, Huddleston and Livermore, and then two white men.
2: Okay, something I'm interested in, Matt, is we've all established here for weeks now that, I mean, Chris has just touched on the fact there, Gareth touched on it there, that Sunderland generally have struggled against sides who come up here stick ten men behind the ball and make themselves hard to break down A whole likely to do that because my instinct would tell me known Steve Bruce as we do he would want to get one over on Sunderland and he might come up fancying three points having a go at us
6: Um, you can never be sure but my instinct and and generally the attitude of Steve Bruce at away games has been to have a go sometimes you get caught by it and you come unstuck and you lose 2 or 3 nil or you, you get caught on the break a couple of times but but I'm pretty certain. can't be 100, percent but I'm pretty certain that he will have a go. I think he'll 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 make sure that El Mohamedy and whoever plays on the left, whether it's Robbie Brady or George Boyd, will will get plenty of ball and get plenty of chances to run. Uh, whoever your fullbacks are um, this weekend, I think Jelovic and Long showed the signs of being uh, the, the makings of a good partnership. Against Tottenham, and he'll he'll make sure that Yelovich drops and gets the flicks. For Long's pace, pace is he, has been a big problem for us, and Long has got it. In, in uh, I mean, uh, Shane Long against John O'Shea in terms of pace is a bit of a non-starter, really. Um, you know, and and he, if he can utilise that pace in the right way, then uh, then I think uh, that'll be a big thing this weekend as well. And um, we've got a good centre backs who are used to playing as a three with a wing back system. So um, my instinct is that he'll play three five two, but. Irrespective of what the formation is, there's absolutely no doubt there'll be two up front, one of which will one will
2: be Nikita Jelovic and the other will be Shane Long. I think it's a it's got a f- fascinating lineup. It suits mm. us better Martin, mm. doesn't it, that they're gonna come at us so I think.
5: Yeah, I was just thinking that if they come and have a go and it's quite open I can sort of see it suiting us and it of an open game um, I'd well, say. It's
6: about time we had to go to the stadium of light like, because we've been three times and we've been absolutely garbage on all three <laughs> occasions and the, these are occasions that old city fans remember well the first one was when you went up under Roy Keane and we very nearly got relegated and um, there was a howling gale and it really ruined it as a spectacle that's And then Mile every Bo's week, Miley, every our, week. <laughs> Yeah uh, Bo's mile our goalkeeper then sliced a clearance in the last minute and Stern John got the, um, the second oh, yeah. goal oh, and then in,
3: yeah.
6: the, in the Premier League we lost 4-1 uh, no we lost 1-0 to a goal by Cicay uh, and just didn't play very well at all and then of course there was the 4-1 when Michael Turner yeah, having left us for well. you yeah. um, and uh, that's the closest I've come to crying real tears over <laughs> somebody scoring a goal against Because I'm not joking Michael Turner was so revered at Hull City and his sale and the way it happened was so indicative of how um the sort of I don't know clueless and um culpable the regime that ran the club at the time was that Holt fans were both distraught and livid in equal measure and it was a mark of the man that when he put the ball in the net um, he sort of raised his hand in front of us to apologise before quite rightly going off to celebrate with the Sunderland fans although of course it was taken off him in the end and went down as an own goal but that was the last time we, we visited you, 4-1 defeat for us, Steve Bruce was your manager and it's about time that was reversed
2: well, can we get a score prediction from you before you before we let you go?
6: Well, if Vito fancy doing us a favour because we should have had him a couple of years ago, then maybe we'll win three 0 No, I've got no idea. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing Vito again. He was a cracking goalkeeper for us when he came. He had two separate loan spells with us in the last couple of years, and he was a he was a brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper. And I'm really pleased of the Di Canio signings. He's one that seems to actually be genuinely doing well for you because he's a good guy and a good keeper. Um, I think. I i I'm, I'm 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 obviously I want to say a whole city victory. I would be quite happy with a one all one all draw, to be honest with you, and that's my suspicion is is what it'll turn out. As long as Josie Altidore has a, a an utter nightmare, that'll do me.
2: mm Minoni will save a penalty and outligal <laughs> <laughs> um, come re, come round to, to the lads and hear them before we leave. Just or, just wait, till Paul
6: McShane, wait till Paul McShane gets the ball <laughs> yeah, on the <laughs> goes on one of his rampaging runs and smashes it in from
2: 30 yards because it's going to happen. He threatens <laughs> it every week. It's going to happen. OK, you need to take your
4: medication now. Gareth, <laughs> what have a score from you? Um, I'm going to say 2-1, Sunderland. some boring.
5: Martin? Stormy Thunder. <laughs> I was going to say 2-1, Sunderland. Obviously, Max Shane for them and Altidore <laughs> ready yeah. for us.
3: Altidore Minoni, last-minute corner. <laughs> Chris? <laughs> I think it's I'd, like to, I'd like to also
6: predict that it'll finish 11-11 rather
3: than <laughs> 11-9. <laughs> as well. I think it's a very disciplined defensive performance from us and Britcott still is the winner to complete really? the baptism of fire.
2: Good player. He's, Bricker, never, he's never I scored, like does he? Very, very good player. He is. Well, he certainly, he certainly looks that way. I'll, I'll, I'll go for 2-1 as well again. I don't, I'm not just copying, but I think that's where he will go. From Hull to Man City now, because we are playing Manchester City next week. It might be easy to forget that. and I know we don't normally do this in the podcast, sort of jump ahead to midweek games to analyse... Um, to analyze to to preview, but um we thought you know the fact that we're playing in the cup final it might be a good time to speak to David Mooney from the Blue Moon podcast. David, are you expecting to hear and read a lot in the media about this being a dress rehearsal for the cup final
0: um I don't think it can be ignored really. I think everybody's uh, going to be looking at it that way, and I think bizarrely it could end up um it, it, it could end up a bit more of a of a non-event than the cup final because from from kind of like seasons gone by, I think uh, you guys tend to do better with us away from the Etihad.
2: So, as does I, I'm really not really sure what <laughs> to make of it. I think does does it play a part though? Do you think do you think on your as a fan is it on your mind the fact that you're playing this the, the final away from the Etihad and and it's Sunderland uh, who have a decent record? And of course, you lost to Wigan in a cup final last year. Calm down. I'm, yeah, looking, I'm, calm down. Looking, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for something. I've got, you know, I'm looking for something here.
0: I, I think for me, um, obviously going into the final, I think you know it's, it'd be difficult to ignore that City would be favourites But I think you know it, it's it's a one-off game, and that's that's the type of they're the type of games where you know the favourites go into it thinking oh we've already won and end up well exactly like we did against Wigan last season and lost. So uh, you know it it does kind of play on your mind a little bit that but I I'd, I'd say on the on the whole we've got we've had quite a good recent record at Wembley so it's uh, it, it's it's one that I think the city fans will be quite confident going into certainly with with you guys I mean I'm I'm pretty sure you know even going into a final you'd be able to uh, to to kind of look away from the league table for one weekend because it's you know it's a it's a big game so I think it's I, I think it should be a very good game. because um, you I, I don't think you've got anything to lose in having a go at us. And I think when teams have had a go at us we've we have struggled in the past. So you know, it be it should be a good game.
4: It's interesting what you say about teams having a go at you because kind of the way I see it with Man City it's I kinda of think if you like there's having a go like um Tottenham did and obviously that didn't really work out for them very well. Yeah. And then there's the way Chelsea did it and I'm not saying that's Sunderland Anywhere near of the quality of players that like Chelsea do, but I think they kind of approach the game in a similar ma- in a similar manner. Obviously, Chelsea got a lot more thrust with the front three in particular being like really high quality. But you know, we kind of defend. I think if it' my game to Man City, you've got to defend the 18 yard line, defend your box, nice and compact. And then when you can't get those little cued passes through, that's when you can be broken on, and that's when you can really get at like you know, I mean. Di Michaelis is nowhere near good enough, in my opinion, He'll be playing for Manchester City at the moment, and especially not in the centre of the park. So, if you want to do that, in, in next week and in the cup final, <laughs> <laughs> he, Great, yeah. I'd be absolutely delighted. So, I don't know. I mean,
0: I just I, I, well, to, be hon- to be honest, to be honest with you, I've got a feeling he might. I think Pellegrini might do that uh, next week. Um, we because we've had the news this week that Fernandinho is going to be out, I think, for about fifteen days. Um, so we, we're certainly not going to have him. Partnering Torre in the middle. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you in in terms of Demichelis. I think he. Uh, I, I don't think I don't see what he offers ahead of uh, certainly Nastasic and Lescott at centre back. And in the middle, I I would rather have someone like Milner in there. So I'm, I'm not quite sure why he's there. Um, but Pellegrini seems to like him, and so I think certainly for the league game, we might we might end up seeing that. And. You know, all all you guys, I think, need to do for for these two games is make sure that Adam Johnson's playing because he's been in a right run of form. And City, you know, have got history of ex players coming back, and and Brighton is on the bottom. So if you if you can get him on the ball as much as possible, then you know we could struggle.
4: Three Man United players in the back three, back four
2: as well.
0: Oh yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> oh, I wish he hadn't <laughs> had that now because I've completely <laughs> forgotten about that.
2: I think one one thing that um, every team gets thrown at them is criticism of playing. 4-4-2 as a system in this day and age um, and I think when Manchester City lost to Chelsea midweek that's the first time it's been sort of thrown at you because to be fair when you when you have the players Man City have it would be stupid not to play 4-4-2 it? because the sheer sort of firepower you have and the talent you have it just means you can blow teams away but do you think now after the Chelsea defeat it might be something he looks at or do you, do you think it's pretty much going to be 4-4-2?
0: Uh, no, I think he's. I think he'll stick with his four four two. We we had the same. We had those criticisms as well after we lost to Bayern Munich at home uh, earlier in the season, and it. You know, it, it always seems to be against teams that have the ability to break away quickly and and um, and, you know, have the quality up front. Now, Bayern Munich was a bit different to Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, we saw a lot of the ball and couldn't get through. Bayern Munich, we just could not get a kick of that ball, and they just they they played us off the park. Um, but I, I think it's kind of like a credit to Pellegrini that he said, "No, this is the way we're going to play, and you know we we are going to to, to play it no matter who we come up against." So I think he will. I think he'll stick with his four four two. Personally, I there are games like the Chelsea game when I'd like to see him switch to a four five one. But like I said in the build up to that, you know, it, it was it was so obvious he was going to stick that because uh, he's done it all season that it, it was you know Mourinho was basically told what he had to do to to beat us so i think um i think we will see 442 for the rest of the season and probably for the rest of the time at pellegrini's at city
4: i think when he got yaya Arturi in the middle of the park i think he's like two well, mid- he's have, like we, two he, midfielders in one yeah. at times he's so good
0: <laughs> you,
2: you, you will know? you, be foolish not to play 442 you've had a squad like that against yeah. it's, it's only when it's, it's sides like also yeah. when man city play better teams isn't it but um can we get a, a score prediction from you david be nice please
0: uh, for midweek. Yeah. Um I I would I would hope for something like three nil because I think um I, I don't think we'll play our strongest team given the February that we've got. Um so I, I, I suspect there'll be a bit of rotation in there from us. Um, and you know, you guys don't really travel to the Etihad that well, aside from the 3 0 draw a few years ago, where uh, you very nearly cost us the league. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but uh, I, you, we, um, I, I don't think you travel too well, so I, I, I'm going to say 3 0 for City. I'll
2: just fa- finish asking Martin Smith. Martin, as an as ex player, do you think we're starting going to go to Man City midweek and get a right good hide and you know, 4 5 0 or something? Mm. Would that what would that do psychologically before the cup final? I don't Anything? think it would make a difference.
5: No? I think it makes more of a difference to the team. You, you take yeah. your foot off the gas, so uh, not off the gas, but it's like this is going to be easy. Where if you get beat, it gives you that edge to sort of right, that's not going to happen again. So I think if you win five 0 it's probably more dangerous mm. than actually getting False beat five I'd yeah. yeah.
4: take five 0 and
5: then when the victory as yeah. well.
2: Who yeah. <laughs> <I> wouldn't? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> question of the week is back by sort of popular demand anyway. A couple of people on Twitter have asked where it is, so this is Gareth's baby. I'll hand it over to him.
4: Yeah. I've left the question sheet in the right place this week. Look at that, eh? Amazing. Some of you might recognise the tune. Um, I'll drop out for the appropriate parts. I'll keep my ear on it. So the question of the week this week was, uh, after a Derby double... Is there anything that came to mind that took the gloss of our recent resurgence? I think we're going for the chorus now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you haven't seen the video this, you need to go on YouTube and have a look about it. Did you miss the bis-beth?
4: There you go. I'll do the question of the week now. But um, if you haven't heard this before get on YouTube and have a look because if the week hasn't been as <laughs> funny as you thought it could get up to now it'll certainly go up a notch once you uh, access that bit of delight do you know when you're in Matalan and you
3: hear these cheap riffs <laughs> of like songs this is like a bad, this something. is like a yeah. bad
4: sting <laughs> yeah like a really bad sting yeah well and he's been bad at times as well to, exactly. be, to be fair to the lad but uh anyway I'll read the answers now uh, John Rilly and Stephen Wright had a similar theme and it was you know when Kinnear left that was a bit of a shame Um, Stephen Ruff so if you find Stephen Ruff on Twitter and if you've got a ticket for him he says me not having a ticket to Wembley yet so he's quite sad about that (laughs) Um, guitar solo's in now it's sort of quite sombre it's in a minor key actually he's quite major but anyway Uh, Paul Jakes uh, but none of the national press are talking about Wes Brown for England well we did Um, you did uh, Stephen Davison (laughs) said uh, the fact we didn't score five or six at the weekend Um, Gareth Dawson says it's it's been a tad cold lately Uh, Tommy Boyd said uh, Bard's not scoring against Newcastle Ryan Frost said uh, the fact that Alan Shearer wasn't a match that day on Saturday was a big disappointment Disappointment. Uh,
2: that was actually yeah yeah.
4: Um, actually to be fair he's usually quite all right Lewis mm, uh, um, yeah, Michael Brigg um, nobody's performed a rendition of the dad dance by Bolo Zenden uh, <laughs> recently uh, Nick Holden had a couple uh, i Denver- imagine callback being yeah. like that on the dance floor oh, maybe I, uh, Nick Holden uh, said uh, oh, key change uh, <laughs> n- I, Nick Holden I, I'm not going to do the key change on the answers either uh, Nick Holden uh, said that uh, Denver Broncos led on to pitch by a, the Super Bowl pitch by a horse He's a bit disappointed we weren't let out by Bud, the horse at the Derby, and he also added Johnson's Curler, took the gloss off the St. James's post. Um, wrote a report, I don't know which one it was, uh, the trees at the Academy of Light. A bit disappointing, a bit small. Uh, Keith Robertson said he's disappointed Barini didn't crowd surf the Geordies <laughs> up to the Sunderland fans <laughs> when we scored. Um, JLC Tush, regular contributor, uh, living in Cardiff, working in Bristol and having no mags to mock on mags to drink blue pop with uh Simon Walsh said uh, his local chip shop seems to have changed the cheese it uses on its chips. It's gone from a nine out of ten meal to a six out of ten took the edge off uh Gavin said uh, still no maximums in Milan, and uh, Dave Marge said, Dave Marjoram said, Mac and Marge on Twitter I've comboed them um <laughs> Gu' punch on for a snood and a personalized one at that. So there you go. That was them, and that's that.
2: Do we pick a winner one up Po?
4: No, no winners. there are no winners." The only winners Sunderland apart from Sunderland and Derbys. Yeah. <laughs> so Do you want to yeah. plug the live thing now, Gareth? Oh is yeah, that nice? thing. It's probably not much point now actually because might uh, be all, gone, yeah. they might, all the tickets might have gone. Yeah. Live podcast on the 27th of February at um, the Isis, if you went to the last one, it's the same place. Um, tickets are available online at We Got Tickets um, for £3. All the money is going to the Foundation of Light. Um, there's, I think there's a last count there was six tickets remaining in the Isis and there was about four online or three online uh, the guest for the evening um, Martin McFadden from A Love Supreme be it, do you think that'll be any good Chris or no no, no. no you <laughs> might as well just knock <laughs> not not um, bother Gordon Armstrong um, scorer of headers against Chelsea uh, or header and, uh, and other things as from well from the halfway line yeah and uh, who else? Uh, Chris Young from the Sunderland Echo. So, yeah, it should be... Martin. Did Sorry the if that's like an afterthought yeah. there, Chris. <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. Martin did the panel last time. It was good, wasn't it, Martin? Yeah, it was a good night. Yeah. Oh, I might come in the crowd this time. Yeah, yeah. Martin's going to come down and uh, heckle Gordon Armstrong. <laughs> and Stephen.
2: It's not, not easy to put me off, you know that.
4: Well, it's that's God what she said.
2: You. <laughs> Beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> right. OK, let's hope we return with... At least one win from the next two games. Not holding no our breath for the Man City game, obviously. If we do get murdered at Man City, we'll probably analyse the whole game because <laughs> we just like to keep that fail good factor <laughs> yeah. going. If we if,
4: if we get beat up all our Man City, then it'll be a but
3: definitely I'll podcast. There'll, next be, no week. Man, there'll be a flood alert again. Yeah, it'll it'll be, be like a, like a Canio
2: podcast. <laughs> mm, let's hopefully not go back there. Let's enjoy it while it lasts, people. Anyway, thanks for listening. Over and out.